right, everybody, welcome to Sunday night service. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. It's nice and cool in here, and it's a nice break from the outside heat. Amen. We had an awesome service this morning. Who was here this morning or got to watch it online? Amen. We were able to, to pray over all the students and teachers and school employees, and there was just a whole bunch of them. There was, must have been over a 100 of them up here, and we got to pray over all of them and bless them for the new school year. It was absolutely incredible. Got to dedicate a couple of babies to the Lord. So that's always one of our favorite things to do. And uh, so anyway, just an awesome, awesome time together. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and stand up. We're going to open up this evening by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we are going to be faithful to keep declaring that our nation is coming to Jesus. Amen. So let's go ahead and speak these words of faith together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness Mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise today. And you may be seated. Okay. Very good. Well, uh, school starts tomorrow for the Barstow students. And so, uh, again, we were able to, to pray over all the kids this morning and bless them for the new school year. And so we're just asking you to, to stay in faith that all of the High Desert Word Center students from preschool all the way up through college are going to do absolutely wonderful this year. They're going to be successful. And I, they always come up to me for prayer for their grades. And I say, hey, are you studying because I'm not just going to pray if you're not going to study. This isn't the magic wand. You know, you got to you got to actually put in the work. And so if they're putting in the work, you know, the, the Bible says that he can bless whatever we set our hand to. And so if they're setting their hand to it and they're being diligent, then we believe and we absolutely declare that they can be super successful this year with all of that. All right. And so uh, who was with us at the pool party the other night, man? Wasn't that awesome? We rented out the city pool on Friday night and uh, we just took everybody out there and had a really, really good time. And so uh, Alex and our media team made a, a short little one minute video, a little recap of the pool party. And so let's take a quick look at the pool party from Friday night.
And so that was an awesome time together. And, you know, so over the next couple of weeks, we're getting all the kids back into school. We don't have a lot of events for uh, the rest of the month of August, but we are coming up to the very busy time of the year. Uh, Harvest Fest is coming up in October, and uh, we want to be ready for that. That is our biggest number one event of the year. And I know a lot of you guys are here for that last year. We had about 3,000 people, I think, that came. And uh, so you're going to be seeing a lot of fundraisers and planning meetings over the next few weeks. So make sure you had the chance to get involved and contribute. And everybody needs to know that uh, Luke 10.2 tells us the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. It says to pray for the Lord of the harvest uh, to send forth more laborers into his field. So Harvest Fest is definitely a time to bring in the harvest and share the gospel and reach our community with the love of Jesus. So that's exactly what we're doing. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it's happy time. Amen. And happy time means it is time for our Sunday night tithes and offerings. And the Bible tells us that God loves a cheerful giver. So we always like to get really happy uh, when it's time for our tithes and our offerings. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. We're going to open our Bibles to Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Luke 6 verse 38. Amen. And if you're given online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving, hdwc.org slash giving. And Luke 6, 38, what a, I mean, this is for us a classic verse uh, regarding the topic of giving. Now, we know the scripture uh, t- tells us the difference between tithes and offerings. The tithe is 10% of our income, and we see that all the way back before the law of Moses, way back in the beginning of Genesis when Abraham uh, presented 10% to Melchizedek. Then we see it all the way at the end of the Bible in the book of Hebrews. So the tithe is written out is 10%, but then we also have what the Bible calls offerings, and, and that's any additional giving beyond our tithe. But look at this, Luke 6, verse 38. I'm going to read it in the King James here. Luke 6, verse 38 in the King James. It says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Amen. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Well, what does all that mean? Look at that very first line right there. It says, if we give, it shall be given back unto us. And I've always heard it said this way, you can't outgive God. And so some people think, well, if I give, then I just won't have anything left for me. If I give, then, you know, then, then we don't have any No, that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, when we're faithful to give, the scripture promises us it shall be given back unto us in a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And so as we bring our tithes and we bring our offerings tonight, we understand that our motivation for giving is not just so we can get stuff back. We know we're not just giving so we can get, but it's an undeniable Bible fact that when we do give, According to scripture, yes, the Lord will see to it that it is given back unto us. Amen. And we refer to that as sowing seed. And so if we've got needs, it's time to sow some seeds. Amen. And give the Lord something to work with so he can get it back into our lives. All right. Hallelujah. Well, let's go ahead. We're going to stand up together tonight. 
And we're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. Then we're going to get into a little worship together this evening. Amen. And get into the word of God. All right. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. If you want, you can join us at the front for the worship tonight. sing together what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of jesus oh precious is that flow that makes me white as snow no other Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this I plead, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. See, this is all my hope. This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
This is all my righteousness Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, precious is the flow That makes me white as snow No other fount I know Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow No other fount I know Nothing but the blood of Jesus Precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus.
all of our soul and all of our strength. And I think about you, Jesus, how real you are to us. We're born again. You've made us new creatures in Christ. You live on the inside of us. And with all the horror, all the strife, all the ugly, all the not nice things of the world today, we know, Lord, we're like the children of Israel when they were in Egypt. Those plagues hit. Israel was protected because of you and the covenant with them. And Lord, as believers today, we purpose to live in the secret place of the Most High. And as you said in Psalms 91, a thousand may fall at our left hand, ten thousand at our right, but will not come near us. You haven't given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And tonight, as I teach your holy written word, I ask you to open the eyes of the hearts of the people listed, open their spiritual ears, and help them to receive and see and know how to be people of faith, where they recognize that faith doesn't deny things, but faith changes things. And Lord, we just want to thank you for changed lives tonight, changed circumstances, the lives of your people, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen, 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 Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. You know, I I believe when you come to church, you ought to leave better than when you came in. What do you think? You should leave better than when you came in. And, uh, you know, as I'm just praying, I learned a long time ago from, from, from a great man of God, if you ever want to know a fellow believer or a pastor, pray with them. And when they step, step into that place to Jesus, they're praying, they're praying their heart, not making a speech. That's the same thing with you. When we're praying with you and you pray, we know what's really in you by what comes out of your, out of your mouth because that's what's in your heart. And so tonight, if you're taking notes, I hope you are. I hope you got Bibles. Hope you're taking notes because that's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to change. But, uh, about a month or two ago, the Lord spoke this to me and I knew it was a sermon. Faith has a voice. Faith has a voice. I wrote that down on a piece of paper. I always carry a little tablet with me everywhere I go. I wrote that down on a piece of paper. Faith has a voice. And I had it laid on my dresser where, you know, when I get undressed, I put my billfold and change, whatever up there like that. I looked at that for several weeks. Faith has a voice. I thought, well, that's a nice title, but I don't have a sermon. So I just got rid of it. And I thought, well, sometime. Well, this morning when I got up, sat down for my time with the Lord, he gave me the sermon to go with the title. And so this is not just a nice sermon. This is life changing. And really it's what we preach all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm a faith teacher. I teach faith. I teach healing. I teach financial prosperity. I teach deliverance. I teach victory. And th- this, what I'm teaching tonight is come from a different angle that I've, that I've taught before, I think. But the thing is my goal, God's goal to me tonight is to help you get a grip on the lip. Zip the lip. If you can't talk faith, shut up. Amen. Amen. I learned a long time ago that my biggest problem in life wasn't the devil. It wasn't people. I had to look in the mirror and look about two inches under my nose. Amen. That's not just for me. That's for you. And so I'm going to say some things tonight. And uh, 
Really, I hope you're taking notes. Of course, now you get this stuff free on YouTube or Facebook and other places like that. You can go back and see it on there. But to me, I always love to take notes because when I'm listening to, when I'm listening to a preacher, preacher teach the Word of God, when I take notes, I write down the notes in my own words. They help me understand what the Holy Spirit said to me right then. And the Holy Spirit is the only one can help you. You know, I get, I get so frustrated, I guess, to say, when I see people go around running to everybody else, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Man, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, the experts can think all they want to, but God knows. And we need to get ransom pins. So anyway, open up Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 23. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 23. And I want to say this again, because you're going to hear me say this phrase over and over tonight. Faith has a voice. Say that with me. Say, faith has a voice. I'm a person of faith, so I speak words of faith. Amen. Did you notice what I was praying? That I prayed that, uh, and I said that faith doesn't deny things, faith changes things. You know, when you, when you cross the line from being a sinner to a saint, from being not born again to being a believer, Satan used to be your best friend, so he never had to give you any trouble because you and him just worked together. But when you get born again and you change sides and you're on God's side, he doesn't just go away. He ramps up the attack. And so as Christians, we have to know. We don't have fear about those things because we just sang the song in the name of Jesus. We've got authority. We've got power. We're all the power of the enemy. But if we've got the weapons and nobody's trained us how to use them, they do us no good. You might shoot yourself in the foot. Amen. And so we've got weapons. And one of them, actually one of the biggest ones, is the word of God from our heart to our mouth is speaking it. And so Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 23, Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. And so I wrote down, when the Lord has given me this this morning, to have faith in God is to have faith in his word. To have faith in his word. When, you, when you're friends with somebody or you're in a business deal, I think about Nadine, the real estate lady. You know, you've got to have faith in Nadine that when you're signing a contract with her for a house, that that word is as good as gold. If you don't have faith in somebody you're doing business with, what are you doing business with them? If you don't have faith in God's word, what are you doing living for him? If he said he'll save you and save your house, he meant it. If he said by Jesus stripes you're healed, you are. If he said he didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, he did. If he said, bring the tithe to the storehouse, I will rebuke the devourer. Open the windows of heaven, he will. If you don't have faith in that, you don't have faith in God. Amen. So he says, have faith in God. And then verse 23, he tells you, how God used his faith when he created everything. Remember Genesis chapter 1, he said, let there be light, there was. Let there be water, there was. Let there be fish in the sea, and there are. Let there be seed, and they're going to reproduce after the kind they did. Be fruitful and multiply, and the human race started. God said those things. And so he's telling you, have faith in God, that he tells you how God used his faith. And then he's telling us how faith works, how we need to use our faith. Verse 23, Verily I say unto you, that whosoever 
shall say, and I've got to stop right there. I'm a Bible teacher. And if people could understand the Bible all by themselves, God wouldn't need Bible teachers. But you're called job security for me. Amen. As long as people don't know a whole lot, God sends people like me that he gifts to teach you so you'll know more. And so he says, whosoever shall say. Well, California's not nearly as religious as the Midwest was. Back in the Midwest, we had a lot of religious people. And you go to saying things like that, that Jesus said, whosoever shall say, that Jesus, uh, that they would say, well, Jesus was talking to the apostles. That was for them. And so then I look at that and think, wait a minute. He's talking to the apostles. He didn't say, this works for you 12, but nobody else. He said, I'm talking to you 12, but I'm telling you, you 12, you're not some special case that whosoever shall say. And so in my Bible, beside that, so I'll always remember to understand it, I wrote this, whosoever means me. Whosoever means me. I remember back during, during the COVID stuff, everybody was saying, well, everybody's saying it, everybody's getting it. Everybody said, wait a minute, I'm not everybody, I'm whosoever. And I say, I won't get it. I say, I'm covered by the blood. I say, everything's good with me because I'm whosoever. I'm not everybody. Amen. Say, I, say I'm, whosoever. I'm whosoever. Say, Jesus, Jesus is talking to me in this verse. You've got to get that. The Bible's got to be personal to you. You've got to receive it that this is God talking to me. The older I get, I've been doing this for over 43 years. The older I get, the more amazed I am. When I, when I draw close to God and talk with him, read my Bible, when I think, I'll think, there's people all over the world right now, billions of people, and he's got time for me and them all. God is that smart. I, I, I think about data. I was talking to him while I go, he's from Jamaica, born in Oakland, but from Jamaica. And I think about people in Jamaica right now are praying, and God's listening to them as close to them as he is me right here. People over in Vietnam, we got a man from Vietnam comes to church here. People in Vietnam are praying, and God knows who they are. And Jesus said, he knows the number of every hair on your head. And years ago, when I was reading that, I always heard what a preacher said, knows how many hairs you got. He didn't say that. He said, knows the number of everyone you do have. And so I know that uh, the ones I do have all have numbers, and I have a lot of numbers that are gone right now. But anyway, he knew the numbers. And so I'm talking about God. When Jesus said, whosoever shall say, he knows you. And you've got to see your whosoever. You want one of those 12 apostles that's dead. You're alive. You need this now. Amen. So listen to this now. Faith has a voice. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, and that mountain is whatever you're facing in life. Mountains are big. You know, you got some little problems that are nothing. But if you harp on them, they'll become a mountain in your thinking. Amen? You can make a mountain out of a molehill. And so who is there, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed. He didn't say, whosoever shall say, you're getting bigger and bigger. This mountain's going to fall on me. Mountain's going to crush me. He said, no, you talk to the mountain. You talk to that problem. He said, whosoever shall say, uh, be thou removed, be thou cast through the sea. Now look at this. A lot of Christians don't catch this phrase. And shall not doubt in his heart shall not doubt in his heart. You've got to understand, when you ask Jesus to be your Savior, Jesus didn't move into your head. He moved into your heart. And so your faith will work with doubt attacking your head with faith from the heart. Amen. 
when you come born again, you said, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me my sins. I believe you're the son of God. You didn't say, Jesus, come into my head. He said, when you're speaking these words of faith, faith has a voice. It says, shall not doubt in his heart. And so I know for myself, in the mountains I've faced in the last <laughs> long, long time, when I'm closing my eyes and I'm praying, and I know there's no way that this thing can change by my own power. I know that nobody is great enough to change this thing. I close my eyes when my head's been attacked. Uh, the pastor of this church now, Pastor Dave, had leukemia when he was three and a half years old. He was crippled. Well, as we were in the hospital, I closed my eyes because I looked at him. And this is a long time ago, all wired up with the machines and everything. Is in a little glass room with nurses all around him. And that little glass room, I was on my knees with my eyes closed. I said, Jesus, with my head, everything I'm seeing is no good. But I said, Lord, look at my heart. I don't doubt in my heart that my son is healed by the stripes of Jesus. I want to thank you, Father. My heart, I believe, my son is healed by the stripes of Jesus. Within two weeks, he was walking and leaping and praising God. And the doctor said there's no cancer in his blood. But you know what? My head had a whole lot of doubt hitting it. I shut off the head. I said, head, you have nothing to do with this. Jesus lives in my heart. His word's in my heart. And the word of God says in 1 Peter 2.24, by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. So by Jesus' stripes, my son is healed. We've laid hands on him. And you said, lay hands sick, they shall recover. So I want to thank you. My son's in the recovery room right now. Amen. And then I did, all, I did all I knew to do. He wasn't supposed to be around people, but I got special permission to take him out of the hospital with a mask. This is before the masks were popular. Only hold up men wore masks. But anyway, we took him to the hospital, with the, uh, to the church with the mask on, and they had a special room for us there. Took him into the room, and the pastor and some elders came in, and I told them, I said, I've already prayed, but the Bible says call for the elders of the church. And so I'm asking you guys to anoint my son and pray the prayer of faith. And so still my head shut off. I said, no, I'm not going to look at what I see. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm moved by my faith in Jesus that's in my heart. So get a hold of what I just said now before we move on. You've got to get this. He said, you say to the mountain, be removed, and don't doubt in your heart. So even when your heads are hit with doubts about this is not going to happen, shut your head up, close your eyes so you're not looking at circumstances, and then reach down in your heart and say, Lord, Look at my heart. You know I'm not doubting in my heart. You said this faith works if I don't doubt my heart. I'm not doubting in my heart. But, Lord, I don't like what I see. It doesn't look good. But I know your word says that with God nothing shall be impossible. Uh, this section over here come alive. <laughs> the word of God says, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And so that means that all things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. That's, I can give you all the address on that, but I want to keep on moving because there's place I want to go. And so he says, as my page flipped, I like the fan though. It says, be thou removed, be thou cast to the sea, shall not doubt, but shall believe that those things which he hopeth. Just hope and praying. No, those things which he what? Saith. Now say this to me. Say faith has a voice. The subject is Jesus is talking about how your faith in God works. Amen. Shall believe 
that those things which he saith shall come to pass. Now look at this last phrase. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. I can't tithe this week. I won't have gas to get to work. Okay, then you just said you don't believe God. God said, bring the tithe into the storehouse. I'll open the windows of heaven, pour out my blessing upon you. Unless you live in California, gas goes up to $5 a gallon again. Then the blessing stops at four fifty. I can bless you up to four fifty. Get to $5 is too much. So you better just go ahead and do what I said don't do. You better rob me. You said, you rob me, and then I can't bless you. And you said, well, I can't do two things. I can't tithe. That I can't buy gas, so I guess if somebody's going to get the short end of the stick, it's got to be God. He shall have whatsoever he saith. I always saith, because I'm a tither, God always takes care of my needs. Because I'm a tither. Amen. I want you guys to get this. Faith has a voice. But you know what? So does fear. So does doubt. It has a voice. Doubt always says, what if? Well, you know what I like to do with the what if as a faith person? I say, well, what if the word's true? What if the word works? What if Jesus was telling the truth? Amen. I'm going to turn around the devil. Amen. I'm going for the word of God. He said, he said, we shall have whatsoever he saith. And so this, this is something here that uh, we don't like to advertise too much because we don't like to promote any store. But Walmart has great tape. And if you can't control your mouth, buy some great tape. Of course, with inflation, it's went up a little bit from when I used to buy it. But buy some gray tape, get a little strip, put it right across your mouth, put a little slit in there so you can breathe. And then once you learn to control your mouth, take the tape off. <laughs> Amen. And so Jesus said, you'll have whatsoever you saith. Faith has a voice. And so tonight, I want to teach in detail from some other Bible passages how things work in the spiritual realm with these words we speak from our heart through our mouth, how things work in the realm, and why speaking in line with God's word in faith will always bring God on the scene and change the impossible. Will always bring God on the scene and change the impossible. Hopeless situations to be what God's word says they should be. How many know that God's word tells you what his perfect will is? Amen. Uh, John 3.16, such a simple verse. For God so loved the world. All races, all nationalities, all sexes, whoever you are, whatever color you are, wherever you come at, educated, uneducated, he loved the whole world. No matter who you are, and then that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What's the will of God? That whosoever. You know who I am? I'm whosoever. You're whosoever. I call upon the name of the Lord. And he honored his word, I'm saved. How about you? Amen, amen. I want you to flip over to Romans chapter 10. We're going to look at verse 6. And keep it in mind, I'm a real simple Bible teacher, really. I just, I, t I teach what the Bible says and don't try to change things around to, you know, make you believe something the Bible doesn't say. But I, my style is to always teach from a multitude of verses that show the same thing so you get it. You know, I uh, I know one time on a truck driving job I had, 
when I got hired, the boss told me, he said, we're going to treat you so many different ways. You're bound to like one of them. And so I teach this from so many different verses. You're bound to get one of them. Amen. Something needs to jump off into your heart because God wants you to rule and to reign in his kingdom over, over, the, over the ground he's given you. And your family, your house, that's your congregation. That's your spiritual family. Number one ministry is to take care of your family, but you've got to know these things. And then you can begin to take authority over things on your job, change things on your job in your city, like, like, the, like the, uh, fa- the faith uh, confession we put over Barstow every week. Who do you think raised this pastor? We trained, we trained him what to do, and now he's taken to the next level and get in the city where God wants it to be. But uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 6 says this, But the righteousness which of... Now, I circle these next two words. Faith speaketh. Can you see that? Faith speaks. I want to say it again. I'm going to keep on saying it. You're going to get it. Faith has a voice. Faith has a voice. Faith speaks. And then I want to jump down to verse 8 for the sake of what we're doing so you'll see this. And so what does faith say? Look what it says. But what saith it? The word, talking about the word of God, is nigh thee, is near thee, near thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. In thy mouth and in thy heart. The word of God has to be in two places to produce results. Number one, you got to get it in your mouth as you begin to pray it and study it and talk about it. It jumps in your heart. And then when it gets in your heart, then it comes out of your mouth as faith-filled words. Mouth, heart, mouth, heart, heart, mouth. Can you see that? It says, the word of faith which we preach. And so faith always has a voice. Always has a voice. You know, I learned something. I taught healing school for a lot of years back in Indiana. Had people from a lot of churches, a lot of denominations came to our healing school. And... I could always tell when you're a spiritual leader and a Bible teacher, when you're talking to people, you just pick up on things that you know. You know, I think about the different professions you're all in. I think about Joe the mechanic, uh, Nadine's husband. He's a mechanic, a really good mechanic. But when Joe's working on a car or something like that, he said, well, Pastor, you hear that? I said, I didn't hear anything, Joe. Well, listen to that. Did you hear that? I said, no, I just hear you, Joe. Well, here, listen to this. He picked up on it, and I didn't hear it. Well, do you see that? I don't know how many times I've been with him. Got a big old farm tractor. We're going on the tractor. Well, Pastor, you see that? Look at that. that. That's not right. I said, it looks right to me. I don't really think about it. Well, I'm a Bible teacher. You give me, I'd say, five minutes with any one of you, I can locate you where you are. You're not hearing what you're saying, but I am because I'm trained. I'm highly trained by God to help people. And so I know that I can tell... A lot of times, if somebody's going to live or die with their face in a fatal, a terminal case, by the way they talk. Faith has a voice. Somebody will, Pastor, you know what? Glory to God, you lay hands on me, and I know the word of God says the prayer of faith heals the sick. I receive it, heal when you pray. And then the next one, the next one says, well, I know, I know, I know he said that he will heal me someday, but... Well, I want to tell you about the butts. You want to know about the butts? Sheep, bah, goats, butt. Bible talks about sheep and goats. And so people that are bucking against the word, so I say, well, but, 
Well, I know this, but sheep go bath. You know what that's saying? The sheep talk, that said, amen, I got it. And so I can tell faith has a voice and religion has a voice. Religion always says, well, I know someday. Well, it's not someday. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, now faith is. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. The people looking for the healing tomorrow, they never get it. He never promised he's going to heal you tomorrow. He said, by his stripes you were healed. Lay hands on the sick, they're healed. Call for the elders, prayer of faith heals. He said, it's now. I'd do better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. And so what does faith say? Faith says what the Word of God says. The Word must be in two places to get results. It's got to be in your mouth and in your heart. And you notice, you notice, they says, the Word of faith which we preach. We're preaching the Word of faith. God's the one that calls this the Word of faith. Why is that? Because the Bible says that, that, that the Word of faith builds faith in your spirit. It's called the word of faith because it builds faith in your spirit. If you went down a few verses, you see verse 17 says, faith cometh by hearing. <clears throat> hearing by the word of God. And I don't want to get sidetracked because I got to stay on course what I'm doing. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. But I, want to com- I do want to comment on, on, on the faith part. It does not say faith cometh by praying. You can't really pray in faith unless you have faith. And you don't get faith unless you study the word of faith. You've got to sit under good preaching, good teaching to get faith, and then you've got faith to pray. Amen. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, not by praying. And you know, the faith doesn't come by worshiping. Worshiping is something we do because we worship God. We worship Jesus because we love them. They're awesome. We're so grateful and thankful for all they've done, all they're doing. And how about how, how about all the tragedies that they prevented that we don't even know about. Amen. But faith doesn't come by worship. Tithing is a good thing to do. It's the right thing to do, but faith doesn't come by tithing. It takes faith to tithe. Faith comes by what? Hearing what? The Word of God. That's what we have to understand. If we're going to be people of faith, yet never learn any Bible scriptures, never get beyond just coming to Sunday school, or come to church services, never carrying a Bible, never taking any notes, never thinking about what was preached after you get home and applied it to your life, then you're not going to go very far. Amen. Faith has a voice. Say that again. I want you to get to say faith has a voice. Now this verse right here is just so awesome. The Lord opened this up to me, man, a long, long time ago. I don't really teach on it very much. But I want you to get this because this talked about the, the, the voice of faith. It says, for this cause also thank we God without ceasing. Now look at this. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it, as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually works also in you that believe. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that most of the people that come to this church have learned to look past the person delivered the word and look to the word. Amen. Says you received it not as the word of a man, but as the word of God, which it is in truth, he said. And so when the Bible's being taught, 
If you want faith to grow in your heart, you must take your eyes off of the person teaching it and look at your own Bible. Amen. Are you getting that? You must take your eyes off the deliverer and look who the one that gave them the message and receive it from him, from the Lord. And look at your own Bible and receive it as Jesus talking to you personally. You've got to receive it as Jesus talking to you personally. Man, I remember when I used to set out on, you know, does everybody know that pastors aren't God Jr.? We're people. Some people think pastors are God Jr. They got a special pipeline. We have to live by faith like everybody else. We started off sitting out there in those chairs. We started out just like all Christians do as baby Christians. We started off as, as new creations in Christ sitting out there. And I don't know how a lot of you were, but when I was a baby Christian, I thought I knew everything. You know, just like a young teenager today that knows they know everything. Until they get bopped around a little bit, then they find out they didn't know what they thought they knew. And then by the time they get to be about 40 years old, Pastor Dave, you're almost 40, aren't you, Josh? You're going on 40, yeah. Then the guys realize Dad knew something. <laughs> but no, I started off out there like you did, and I learned these things, and I learned, I learned that the Bible was Jesus talking to me. I learned that if I wanted answers, I'm so, I'm so, you know what, I'm really glad they didn't have social media back when I was a young Christian. Man, I'm glad they didn't. Oh, I'm glad they didn't. Boy, I tell you, I just, I don't look at that garbage. But I just think about how many stupid Christians there are. And if this is you, keep a straight face and nobody know you're being talked to. Just keep a straight face and smile. And they'll think, well, talk about somebody else, not me. That go on Facebook and they got major decisions to make in life. And you got all those, uh, most of them, anti-God people, anti-Bible people, nutty, wacky people that are going to all kinds of unsafe, secular people for counsel. And then you go out there and say, I've got a decision to make about my so-and-so. What do you think I should do? And then they got the famous message behind. And so uh, I've had a marriage problem, so I want to go out here. Is there anybody here has been married over 15 times? I want to hear what you've got to say. God is the one that ordained marriage. God is the one that said, trust me if all your heart, lead not to your own understanding, all your ways acknowledge me and I'll direct your paths. And so if you acknowledged him and he put you with somebody, then why don't you go back to him if you're having trouble? And if you didn't acknowledge him and you married somebody, repent. And then come back to him again and say, now, Lord, I need some blessing now. I'm sorry that I took off without your advice or maybe you didn't know him. But the thing is, either way, since he's the one in the book of Genesis, all through the whole Bible, he ordained for one man, one woman, for marriage. He's the one ordained that. Why not go to him for help instead of the lost, messed up people of the world? Amen. So you've got to receive the word of God as Jesus talking to you. And so I want you to notice then now, it says you received in truth the word of God. Now look at this part right here. Here is the key I'm going to for the faith speaking. Okay. You notice that the rest of this verse says, which works effectively. Now look at this. In you that believe. In you that believe. Why does it happen so many times at a service like this? Many people hear the same Bible being taught, yet only a few grow in faith, and others leave the same as when they came in. 
Think about what I just said. Why in the same service does a few leave really changed and the majority leave and all they think, oh, that was a good sermon? No, I'm serious about this. I'm going to tell you how this works. Out of this whole thing he said, said you receive the word of God as the word of God. And they said it works effectively in you. He didn't stop there. He said in you that believe. And we're seeing that Jesus talking about faith and believing is what you say out of your mouth that you receive in your heart. And so there's a lot of Christians come to a lot of good services. They got good pastors, good teachers, teaching the word of God. And when the service is over with, they just say nice things like, oh, wasn't that a wonderful sermon? But you know, I can tell who got it. When the one shakes my hand at the door says, Pastor, I want to tell you something. You must have been listening to my bedroom windows last night. You must have been following me around my job because Jesus talked to me today when you taught the Word of God. You know what happened? The Word is working effectively in them because they let it go past their head into their heart. And it got in the heart. They said, I come to church hungry today. I come to church desperate today. I'm facing a possible crisis in life. Facebook doesn't have my answers. The losers I work with don't have my answers. The backsliders don't have my answers. The ones that say they know, they know about God, but they don't know God, they don't have my answers. But Jesus does. And Pastor, I don't know what anybody else got, but I want to tell you, my life was changed today because that word you spoke went into my heart. And what it did... I know that God gave me my answer and I know now, I know now my child's healed. I know now, I know now that job's taken care of. I know that that door's open now and it's working because Jesus spoke to me. That's what he means that when you receive the word of God as the word of God, not just a man talking. Oh, I tell you, that preacher is just so elegant. He's got a way with words. He just makes me feel so good. I remember one time back in Indiana years ago, there was a big well-known preacher come to Indiana to the convention center, thousands of people there. And this guy was a leader of my church, but he was a baby Christian, but a leader because I was a baby pastor. <laughs> you know, we just, anyway, I'll never forget it. A bunch of them went out to this place on Saturday night and a long service probably lasted till 10 or 11 o'clock. And we got church the next morning, 10 o'clock. So half of them wasn't there. The half that came in was going like this. Because it was out all night, all the night before church. And so, come in, he's telling me, oh, pastor, that was awesome, man. It was deep. And I remember I looked him in the eye and said, oh, man, I want some of this. What was it? He said it was deep. I said, what did he teach about? Oh, pastor, it was deep. I said, what? He said, I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> you know what? There's nothing for the Bible effectively working at a person like that. When you get good stuff for your ears, it's like a ball game. You know, I'm not into sports. I like I like to watch baseball games while they're going on. When it's over with, I can't tell you who pitched. I can't tell you who stole second base. I can't tell you who fumbled. Because I get excited while I'm there, but it's not my thing. It's just entertainment. Church is not entertainment. Church, church is life and death. Amen. And so... He says, works effectively in you that believe. And so I want you to notice this. He says, number one, you receive the word of God. 
Then it says it works in you that believe. And so it's like an epoxy glue. How many know what epoxy glue are? You got the two tubes of stuff, you mix them together. But they don't work, but they're separate. You got to mix them together. When you mix them together, then you get the results of what they say. It makes a bond stronger than steel, they say. You got to mix the epoxy glues together. Well, that's the way the word of God is. You've got to mix it with faith. And so what this says is this. In you which effectively believe, faith is saying what you believe. And so when you hear in a service, the Bible taught, and scriptures jump off into your heart, if at least one of them, you know, Jesus talking to you, you need to write it down, put it on your phone, write it on a piece of paper, write it on a card, put it on your refrigerator, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it on your bedroom wall. You need to put that out there, and if you're going to be effectively believing, you're going to start talking about it every day. You're going to start saying something like, First Peter 2.24, by Jesus' stripes I was healed. By Jesus' stripes I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. You know what's happening? It's like mixing the epoxy. You're mixing it together with faith. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. Or verse 2. I'm going to say it again. Faith has a voice. Say that. Faith has a voice. You got to be talking and saying what the Word of God says. Hebrews 4, verse 2 says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit. The word preached did not profit. The word preached did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. And so like that epoxy glue, you can't take it back to the store and you got one tube open. And the other tube's not been opened. Tell them, this don't work. Well, how come you didn't do it right? Well, I wanted to save some for later. You can't save some for later. You mix the epoxies together. Amen. You can't wait till you're on the deathbed, about to take your last breath, and then say, <gasps> what they say about some stripes, stripes on the flag? When I was a baby Christian, I didn't know anything about any stripes. I started going to a Pentecostal church. They never taught the Bible. They talked about the Bible. And so they talked about stripes and about stripes and healing. And all I could think of, and this is the honest truth, I got pictures in my mind of the flag flutter and saw the red and white stripes. And they talk about by stripes you're healed. I just want to go like a hand over heart and say, I pledge allegiance to the flag. By his stripes I am healed. That's not a joke, not making that up. They didn't teach me the Bible. And so if you're going to mix faith with the word preached, that means if there's something that gets into you tonight from the Word of God, and if God may bring a verse to your remembrance I didn't even talk about tonight. Maybe something you've heard before, and then all of a sudden you think, wow, that's God talking to me. That verse that I used to quote that I don't quote anymore, that's getting into me right now. You know what? When you start talking that Word, you're mixing faith with it. And then it says you're going to get results. You just open that other tube of epoxy. You mix them together, and now you got a bond stronger than steel. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Amen. Faith has a voice. And, you know, I just want to say this. Don't let the devil put that religious lie in you that my faith is kind of private. I keep it to myself. Well, it's not faith then. It's pride. 
It's religious deception. Somebody told you that, but they were wrong. Because Jesus did say, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. Did he say that? Did he say you'll have whatsoever you saith? That's what he said. And so your faith is not private. The devil wants you to keep silent. Because the devil knows that Jesus said you'll have whatsoever you saith. Amen. The devil knows that when you begin to speak the word of God with what you've heard, then it becomes effective and he can't stop it. And so there's no such thing as private faith. There's no such thing <laughs> as a silent prayer. You know, I, I myself, I, 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 I think about you just talk to him in my heart sometimes, just, like, just talking. You know, I'm talking with Jesus. But when you want things to change, he didn't say, think good thoughts in your heart to move the mountain. He said, speak to the mountain. You can have good thoughts with Jesus and be thinking things and just going over things, remembering things like that. At nighttime, I'm going to bed asleep at nighttime a lot. We're laying in bed, going to sleep. I always talk to Jesus, but then I kind of shift to a mode where I was getting ready to go out. I just begin to think things with him. In my heart, I'll be thinking, thank you, Jesus, that when I was 16 years old in that drunken accident and I was the drunk and the police said I was dead, you didn't let me stay dead. Thank you, Jesus, when I was 19 years old and the doctor told my wife and my mother that I had less than a 50-50 chance to make it because of my appendix rupture. Thank you, Jesus, you didn't let me die and go to hell. I just all the time think of things like that, but it's just that. But that's not the speaking to the mountain stuff. You have to speak your faith to the mountains. You cannot be silent. If you've been attacked by the devil, the devil loves silence on your end. He does not want you to say, Satan, I bind you in Jesus' name. Satan, get behind me in the name of Jesus. Satan, take your hands off my car. Take your hands off my kids. Take your hands off my money. Devil, in the name of Jesus, you are not still in my job. Amen. You've got to open your mouth and speak. Why is that? Because faith has a voice. Faith has a voice. Amen. I, th- I think we're getting this. Now, I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. And if this doesn't light your fire, your wood's all wet. Joel, if this doesn't light your fire, your wood's all wet. My grandson heard that so many times. He sits there now, but this is affectionate love. But he rolls his eyes and goes. <laughs> Amen. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Now, I want you to see this. It says this, talking about Jesus, it says, who be the brightness of his glory, of God's glory, the express image of his person. Now look at this right here. Upholding all things by the word of his power. Now I want to explain that to you. I want to read that out of another translation that really explains it. And this is the faith has a voice, how Jesus holds everything together. The Rotherham translation says this, also bearing up all things by the utterance of his power. Has anybody ever heard the word rhema? Rhema is the spoken word. Logos is the written word. This is the logos. This is God's words that are written. But when God speaks, when God, when God spoke and said, let there be light, that was rhema. That was the living word. When we speak the word of God from our hearts, out of our mouths, that becomes rhema. That's the spoken word releasing the power of God. It says that Jesus hold up everything by the utterance of his power. 
And so here's a nugget I picked up years ago. I got my Bible and listen, write this down. Whatever you got to do, get a hold of this. This is how I was healed of stage four cancer six years ago. This is how I was healed of 99% blockage of the main heart artery I have. While the doctor says I was a dead man. This is why a month ago I was healed from a stroke. And the doctor said, said that wasn't a little stroke. That was a major stroke. Said the killer stroke is 2.0, whatever the stuff was. But he said, you had a 1.5, said you shouldn't be here. Because I speak these things, I believe these things, and they're real. And so here's what I wrote in my Bible about how God releases all of his power through his spoken word. Listen real close, and I hope you're writing this down. If not, go back on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you want to watch it at to get this. Faith-filled words are spiritual containers of the power of God. Get a hold of that. Everything that I've been teaching tonight says that. Faith-filled words are spiritual containers of the power of God. And, you know, I, I, as, as, I, as I see that, I also wrote in my Bible, that is the Word of God spoken in faith. The Word of God spoken in faith is containers of the power of God going to the spiritual arena. How many believe that the spiritual arena, there's not only the God side that has Jesus, the Holy Ghost, and the angels, but also there's demons. Satan, the devil, demon spirits, they're there too. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Man, I, I, I laugh at the devil. I laugh at him. And, and the Bible says that he that sits in the heavens laughs. And this is Psalms 37 because he knows that his day's coming. There's going to come a day. There's going to come a day. There's going to be a little angel not even one of the big angels, not even Michael or one of the big angels, said, little angel going to open a door, going to throw Satan into the bottomless pit and close the door on him. His day's coming. So why should we ever be afraid of the devil or what he says? Amen. I remember when I first got saved, there was a little cartoon. I was a truck driver. And I saw, I saw this in different places. Christians on their jobs put this little cartoon on the wall. The man sitting there laughing and said, the devil said what? <laughs> devil said I'm going to die. Well, Jesus says the father liars. That means I'm going to live. The opposite is true. The truth is the opposite of a lie. In John 8, 44, Jesus said Satan is a liar, the father of lies. Amen. I'm a tither. So you're going to lose that car? <laughs> He's a liar. That means I'm keeping my car because I believe the truth. Amen. John 17, 17 says the word of God's the truth. Anything else is a lie. And I'm talking now to Christians that are not double agents. Keep a straight face. What's a double agent? Your hallelujah and amen and praise the Lord here. You go out to work tomorrow. There's dirty jokes, dirty pictures, bad mouth and everybody else and et cetera, et cetera. You can't work both sides. This works for real Christians that are serious Christians. Christians that live for Jesus out there as much as they do right here. Christians, you don't have to be a big, uh, some Christians are very bold, like to go around preaching to everybody out there. You don't have to be that kind of Christian. If you want to, fine. You can just be a regular Christian. Jesus said in Matthew 12, the buttons of the heart, the mouth speaketh. That means when you're out there among the world, don't be afraid. If praise the Lord comes out, say it. If they want to say some nasty four-letter word, they're going to say it. Amen. It's a good time for the, for the little league game, isn't it? 
Yeah, I'll never forget it. With Pastor Dave, Josh, Joe, the all kids, we played Little League Baseball back in Martinsville, Indiana. And we were in the bleachers up here and had this foul, foul-mouthed hillbilly lady. <laughs> and there's a word she used, uh, faith begins with a F. Well, it's another word this lady used that began with that word. And here we are, all these little kids playing baseball, all these moms and dads and little kids here in the bleachers, and this woman just blink like this and blink like that and blink like this and blink like that. I thought, well, that's about enough. She's telling what she believes. So I got out of my seat. I walked out up to the fence between them and the bleachers. I turned around. I said, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. You know what? She shut up. But you want to know something else even better than that? At the next ball game, she come up and she shook my hand, said, I want to tell you what I love that too. That is just so wonderful, isn't it? And I, I said, yeah, it sure is, you rascal. <laughs> no, I didn't do that to prove something to anybody. I thought there's spiritual things going on here in this atmosphere. And my words were not phony words. That was a song my family can attest to. I've sung it for all my Christian life at home. When I wake up all the time going down the road, I sing that song. So I wasn't doing that. I wasn't doing that to make a, make a stand. I was doing that. I thought, man, if she's going to praise the devil, I'm going to start praising Jesus. Amen. And then after that, the woman uh, said, praise the Lord when I walked up. That's what she did. And so faith has a voice. Now listen to this again. Faith-filled words are spiritual containers of the power of God. That's the word of God spoken in faith. Now listen to this. Here's another statement I wrote in my Bible. This makes it real to me. When our faith-filled words reach their intended target, when they reach their target, they will produce exactly and precisely what God's word says they will when they reach their target. I'm thinking about some of the soldiers here. I got my son-in-law in the front row. He did several tours of the Middle East. And uh, there's targets. And when you aim at something, you want to hit the target. Well, if you're aiming at cancer, you better speak to cancer in faith. And say, cancer, you have no right to be in this body. My body, my son's body, whoever it is you're with, their body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. It's not the household for sickness and disease. It's a temple of the Holy Ghost. And right now, cancer, I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, Jesus cursed the fig tree and told it to dry up and go. I'm telling you, tumor, right now, you dry up and get out of here in Jesus' name. That's called faith-filled words, spiritual containers, the power of God. And Jesus said, speak to the mountain. Is cancer a mountain? Why would you ever be afraid of cancer? Man, I remember when I got, I got healed of that heart stuff. Uh, they put a stent in me. Next week, I've been seeing the heart doctor. He's telling me, he says, you shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here. You walk a dead man. You walk a dead man. He's from India. He said, you walk a dead man. Can't even stand right there with me. Mom was with me. And I said, okay. And the guy got mad at me. He said, you don't understand. I do this every day. It's what I do. You walk a dead man. I didn't know what to say. Because I'm a walking, believing man. And I know what he saw. But I don't know what I saw. I saw Jesus 
I saw the stripes on his back. I saw lay hands of sick, they shall recover. So he said, you should be upset. And so I should say was, okay. I didn't know what else to say. You know, when, 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 when attacks come, that's the wrong time to get upset. Amen. Amen. Except at the devil, knowing that the greater one lives in you. And you know, when I'm ta- now I want to say it again, I'm not talking to halfway Christians. I'm talking about real Christian. What's a real Christian? That's a Christian. That's a 24 seven. Now you notice I didn't use the P word, perfect Christian. There was only one and they killed him. Now he's our savior. Amen. And so there's nobody that does a hundred percent right all the time. You know, I know that sometimes we have days that are really great days where man, Lord, I don't, I think everything was good today. Didn't everything's fine. But then there's some days where you go home, you want to kick yourself behind and just like, man, how stupid, how dumb I am. I don't ever want to come here again. I don't want to do this anymore. Like that, they just praise God for the blood. He forgive me. He cleansed me. I'm going to go on. And so I'm talking about that kind of Christian that doesn't whitewash sin. The kind of Christian that blood washes, not whitewashes. Amen. So anyway, uh, I just want to tell you, faith has a voice. And I want to make sure that this got into all of you. If you can't speak in line with the Word of God or the Word of God, keep your mouth shut because death and life are the power of your tongue. So you got to speak faith-filled words. If you get a challenge, financial, marriage, children, job, whatever it is, find out what the Bible says and shoot some faith containers at it and let that word show up. Because when that hits it, the anointing hits it, God hits it, the mountain's removed because Jesus said, be thou removed, be thou cast to the sea. Don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you saith will come to pass. You'll have what you saith because faith has a voice. Amen. Let's stand up. Well, I got to preach about half what I had, but I ran out of time. So maybe I'll get to the other half next week or some other time. But praise God. I believe, I believe that we got something done tonight. Amen. Amen. Billy can take another hour. I could too, but I, well, when back, back in the eighties, when I come into the body of Christ, there wasn't any full gospel churches, but less than two hours on the sermon. That's after the first hour of worship. And then what it did to bid up the altar body worshiping together then. But this isn't those days, so we'd all be kept where we are. Amen. 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 Okay. Josh, you ready? Well, we'll do what we always do as, as faith people and I want, I want to remind you, uh, we're kind, we're kind of tweaking our, our altar call. It seemed like we had one person that was highly popular with everybody. And I noticed, I noticed for a few weeks in a row, we'd have five of us up here wanting something to do. And we'd have a line going from there back to there. And we'd have one person over here standing here, hugging everybody and talking to them and saying all kinds of good stuff and hugging them. And the line was waiting. And we stood there talking, man, what, 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 what are we, chop liver? <laughs> they give good hugs too. <laughs> they give good hugs. And so what I'm saying is this. Now, we're going to start telling everybody on the Sunday morning service especially. But get this. Myself, these ladies, these guys, none of us have a magic wand. We have access to the name of Jesus. And so it's not the person 
It's not the person, but it's the name of Jesus we use. And so if you need something and your favorite go-to Katie is all booked up, then we're taking reservations. And, and we have, we have the name of Jesus too. Jesus, Jesus is the one that'll do it. So if you need prayer tonight, our words are faith-filled containers of the power of God, no matter which one of us it is. And we'll be more than glad to aim some faith your direction at whatever it is you need. I can promise you, based upon the authority of the Word of God, that we pray mountains be removed, but you're the one when you step out the door determines if you're going to keep it. Amen, amen, amen. So if you need if you need prayer, come on up here. Katie, I mean, we'll all be glad to help you.
the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring. The praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever, God, you reign. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we're winding things down tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. Did anybody receive from the word of God tonight? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's a good word. We've got a lot of good scripture for us tonight to go over. And, uh, and that is important as we talk about taking notes, writing this down, man. You can you can be studying this all week long and getting more and more out of it. Amen. And that's how you're going to grow in your faith. So we'll go ahead and close things out tonight. But remember, we got service Wednesday at 7. And next Sunday is going to be awesome all over again. We've had a very full weekend around here from the pool party on into tonight. So this has been a very busy weekend, but it's been awesome. So thank the Lord for that. Let's go ahead and we will pray. And then we will do the Barstow Faith Confession. Would you like to pray, Pastor Katie? <laughs> She's going to give me. <laughs> yeah, oh, she does. <laughs>
Father, thank you so much for a church that we can call family. Father, thank you that we can come into your house and we can lay these burdens down and we can learn and grow and we can speak faith. Father, I ask this week that you would continue to speak to our heart, that we wouldn't be able to get away from what we've learned tonight, that it would guide and direct our entire week. I ask the same for every student present here tonight and this morning, that you would direct them this week through school, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I do like to pray, okay? And hug. Anyway, we declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.